All right, so you ready? Yeah, I'm ready, bro. All right, awesome. Let me uh, click this right here. One, two, three. Welcome, everybody, to the Creative Nights Podcast. It's been a while. Uh, I know we started off the year with one episode, and then I went on like a three-week hiatus. Have not been able to record. Um, there was a family emergency. Uh, not not in my immediate family, but uh, another family member of mine. And I had to uh, dog sit for a couple of weeks. And um, I have a dog, and I love my dog, but my dog doesn't bark all day. Uh, he's really mellow he's chills and the dogs i was sitting well not the case they kind of uh bark up a storm and just don't give me the uh quiet time i need to record an episode but uh we're just going over that uh the hill now so i don't no longer have the dogs here at home but i am ready to you know to hit the ground running again and get these episodes out to you guys so today we have a special guest um so you, his name is william guerrero he's 19 years old he's from the city of chicago just like i am and he's a photographer a young activist and he's the founder and ceo of the family for change uh some of you guys may know him as the kid from pilsen so give him all a big welcome on the show hey welcome on the show man thank you so much for having me man so tell me what, what, what have you been up to how's uh how's the um winter storm affected you recently oh man uh <laughs> you know it's uh the winter storm was like like just like made like six inches of snow in front of my door and so you know i had to get around it you know and uh, i still went ahead and uh go ahead and support my local coffee shop which was dummy pink because you know their hot chocolate really smacks awesome awesome yeah we had over here by me we, we i must have gotten like a foot of snow because uh when i was shoveling snow last uh yesterday afternoon i definitely removed probably like 10 inches and then walked out late night again and there was probably another two inches on the ground so all right but i'm really close to the lake so that's another thing so oh man it's it's cold it's cold out there more i bet well yeah yeah it gets cold and then it gets humid too in the, in the summer so it, it's but it's not too bad i mean i live way far south um i actually grew up on over by little village uh, when i a little bit till like i was about nine they moved over to gage park area and i pretty much lived there until i joined the military and got out and, and bought a house here but um i actually went to school for elementary school i went to school in pilsen i went oh it was, it was school I went to, uh, I don't know if it's still called that, but I went to JCL Roscoe. Yeah, it's still called that, yeah. Yeah, so funny thing about that, so when I went to JCL Roscoe, I actually went to the building that's on 18th and Paulina. Uh, it's a blue building. It's, uh, it's a, now that's it's a different school. Uh, but my sixth grade year, they actually built us a new building, which is the one that you probably know. It's on 18th and Damon. Right. Yeah, so that was, I. so I was actually part of that first class in, inside that building. That's a little bit about myself. Uh, where did you go to school at, man? Uh, you know, elementary school, you know, I started off at Cooper and, uh, you know, then I transferred on to Galileo and uh, then, yeah, and then high school, you know, I went to Bulls, Chicago Bulls College Prep. It was a noble school. And then uh, I attended uh, a little bit of college at Robert Morris. And uh, ultimately, I was like, you know what, uh, this this is not for me. I feel that um, college is definitely not for everybody. I preach it, but. I understand it's not for everybody. Not crazy. Uh, my my younger uh, siblings actually went to uh, Bulls, but 
man, you're you're not, you're old enough to be my little 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 brother because uh, even my youngest brother is uh, 25 now. Oh wow! <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I actually like Chicago Bulls. I don't know how do you how you felt about it, but I liked it since <laughs> high school. Yeah, I mean, uh, Chicago Bulls really helped shape me to to the man I was today. You know, freshman year I didn't like it. Uh, it was just like authority this, authority that. Uh, but uh, you know, senior year I've come to understand why they have taught all that you know, for four years. So cool, cool, cool. So, uh, actually, you know, leads me on to, uh, so how did you get started with photography? Uh, did you start off at school or how did you come? How did you even pick up a camera? Yeah. So when I was 12, my dad started a business called MG productions and, uh, you know, I just started helping him, you know, take photos or, you know, be his little assistant carrying his bags and, and, or, you know, whatever. And then, uh, I just fell in love with the camera. I just like, I want to take photos more and more. And then from there on, I just started taking photos. And, and now I'm 19, you know, I'm starting to take photos of, you know, protests, events, and things of that nature. And so uh, the cool thing about photography is that, you know, it's a memory. It's a frozen memory that you get to keep for a very long time. That photo, uh, you get to look back on it years later and uh, remember, like, wow, I remember being there, remember being a part of this. Um, so I definitely feel that. So what was, like, the first things you started photographing when you uh, when you picked up that camera? Oh, buildings, you know, our architectural uh, photography, because, you know, it was the only it was the only thing I, that was in my disposal. Um, you know, I started shooting downtown, you know, just get the buildings, the shadows, the lights, or just do any abstract of photography and whatnot. But, um, and then the second was people, you know, try to ask people like, Hey, listen, can I get your photo? Sometimes they say no, sometimes they say yes. And then I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. That's, I, I think I always find it hard to be out in the streets and asking a random person, Hey, can I snap a photo of you? Um, there's that like, uh, like they're probably going to say no. Uh, right, so, right. So it's so weird for me. I've tried to do um, what is it? Street photography, and I know the law, uh, so I know that I can get away with not having to ask for permission. Uh, the only time I need to ask for permission, I believe, is if I'm photographing a young kid. But even then, there's there's it's a slippery slope. I mean, you could probably get away with it, but you know, I have kids, so I'm gonna want to try to ask for permission. But sometimes kids do get in the way. Maybe you're just shooting a crowd. There's gonna be a kid in there. Can't help it. But uh, yeah, it's it's never been my cup of tea, but I've wanted always to do it. Uh, I did a little bit years ago. There was a protest over by the uh, Chinese um, council, I think I believe it was. Yeah, and I just happened to be caught in the middle of it. Like I was just passing by working on a project for school and I just saw that, thought it was interesting, took some photos, uh, but instantly got sworn by people talking about my reporter, take some photos of us, you know, all this and that. So I bet you can relate to that. Uh, I'm yeah. sure you're used to that though, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, in the beginning when I was attending protests and, uh, you know, events of that nature, it was, uh, it was, uh, in the beginning it was pretty hard, you know, no one really, no one really noticed me at all first, you know, like, oh, he's just another photographer, you know, he's doing this and this and that. And now, you know, um, we have like news reporters, you know, like from a Univision, ABC and then CBS, like noticing me. And they would, then we just greet each other, you know, and then the, you know, activists and uh, like the organizers like know me as well. And like, oh, OK, he's cool. He's cool. And, uh, you know, it, it took a while, but, you know, we, we got there. We got there. So uh, obviously I see yourself. I see you as a journalist photographer and um, it's it's a there's a special place for you guys and history 
and everything because you guys have to expose yourselves. I know I myself when um like the Black Lives Matter protesting happened this summer, uh, I thought about going downtown and helping you know document some of that. But I felt myself as a photographer, I'm more of a portrait photographer and like event photographer that I just felt like me going down there would be just taking advantage of a situation to try to grow my platform. Mm, I see. And I didn't want to do that. I wasn't going to go there for all the right reasons. Plus on the other, like on a different standpoint, we are still in the middle of COVID and that was like, you know, in the early stages of COVID still. And coming home, you know, from being in between a crowd of, you know, hundreds and thousands of people coming home to my kids, you know, I didn't want to expose them because I know a lot of people, no matter what, if, what people want to say, there's a lot of people there who didn't care. We're not wearing masks. And it's a protest exactly. at the end of the yes. day. You know, you're going to be close to people. And I don't right. blame them. You know, if it's for a good cause, hey, do it. Do what you need to do. But I just couldn't expose myself to that. But no, I know I you did. Yeah. I know you did. I know you were very yeah. active in it. You were everywhere. And hey, props to you, man. You got you got some amazing footage, stuff that's probably people are going to come come back and look at forever, right? So right, yeah. um, so tell me a little bit about, you know, your style of photojournalism and why do you enjoy it so much? So, it's uh it's uh, I guess you can say it's it's well, it's it's easier said than done, right? You know, you have to go out there and uh, you know, shoot the photo. Right. And so when then whenever there's a time when there's someone who's passionate or whenever there's a time that someone is speaking out, or even when you see a young kid attending that protest, you know, it's very important to take that photo, you know, and it it's it's history right there. And not a lot of people see that, you know, just photographers out there just to take photos, but uh keep in mind I also know some other photographers out there are saying this is history. Next thing you know, it just ends up in a history book and you know, be like, Oh wow. And uh, you know, like like I said also, I mean I mean you know, it's, I got, I didn't, I had the idea knowing that COVID was still out there, but it was either documenting history or not documenting history at all, you know, just staying home and doing nothing about it. Right. And ultimately I chose to, to just go out there and do it, you know, um, with prayer. And I told God, like, listen, I know there's COVID protect me and my family and anyone who's there at all costs. I'm still here today. That'll lead us on to the next question, which is, uh, so what? What are some of the dangers of doing, you know, your style of photography? So, uh, you know, in the beginning, like uh, when I was documenting protests, you know, there was uh, the the danger of, you know, like uh, people like like police hitting you or, you know, like uh, police coming at you. Like that was my sort of danger, you know, because I was I was photographing like so up close that I may get arrested somehow. <laughs> but uh, now it's it's more serious now. There's and there's a virus out there. And so, you know, one day, like, I might even catch it again. And next thing after quarantine, you know, that's one of the dangers, you know, that virus. Uh, the second thing, I guess you can say is, uh, for me personally, it's uh, travel, right? So I come home really late and uh, from those protests. And uh, next thing you know, someone like a police officer or someone might, uh, might identify me and say, hey, listen, you're coming with us. And I'm like, oh, no, right? And, uh, you know, they might get some information. I might be arrested for, you know, whatever the reasons are. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it goes a long way. Um, yeah, no, I, I understand. And I've I heard you mention, you know, police officer a couple of times now uh, when it comes to the journalism. So, I mean, that, that gives me I'm not a big fan of, you know, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a big fan of the police department. Um, 
I, I have friends in the department and they're great, you know, people, great officers. And then there's my experiences. Right. Right. And right. I totally feel you when I say that when you, when you say that, hey, you're going to come home when you might be pulled over by a cop. Right. And you don't even know why. Just maybe just because they recognize you. And I think that's a big thing that's real. I don't think a lot of people understand this, that, you know, some for somebody like William here, when he's coming, when he's participating in some of these uh, protests, he doesn't have to just worry about, you know, the protester next to him or the hoodlum maybe walking down the street wanting to steal his stuff. He also has to worry about the people watching everybody there, you know, cops, you know, federal agents, you name it, you know, government officials, everybody's watching and they're trying to see who is there, what they're doing, what their role is. And it's very nerve wracking, to be honest, uh, because, you know, in reality, you're not doing anything bad, right? You're just, you know, exercising your First Amendment right by documenting yeah. what's going on and voicing your opinion. But we all know this, that in a, even though I fought for this country, land of the free and having these uh, freedoms, we really don't have much freedom at all, right? It's self to, it's it's almost an inner, how you inter, inter, interpret, you know, the that re, their freedom. And to be honest, I don't think we have that much, especially us as minorities. Um, and I feel you when I say, I think that, yeah, you can be targeted coming home. And that's shitty. It shouldn't be like that. If anything, they should they should be like, oh, I know this kid. He's out there doing the right thing. Let me offer him a ride a ride home really quick, so he's not walking down the street because I know he's carrying, you know, a camera, right? Right. And so, like, I, I get more identified even more because of my glasses, and uh, that I'm I'm like easily identifiable. I'm like, oh, that's kid right there. I've gotten cops that, that recognize me and that they've honked their horn at me, and I'm like, what are you what? <laughs> like, if I'm getting arrested, I I listen. Don't even touch me, bro. Uh, but uh, it's it it has happened. It is real, you know. And uh, like even even now, even more now. Uh, back then, like cops wouldn't care. Now, like they're like, oh, sh- oh, you know, it's it's kid. I'm like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> I, I just get mortified. I get mortified of uh, of the police. To be honest, you mentioned it, uh, or I mentioned that you're the founder and CEO of the Family for Change. So tell me a little bit about the MPO. The MPO you just you know getting off the ground. Who's it for and what are you, how are you helping these people? And of course, uh, so uh, as, uh, I founded the uh, Family for Change, you know, not too long ago, you know, uh, January 28th, uh, J. Cole's birthday. <laughs> so I'm never going to I'm never going to forget that day. Uh, so but, you know, January 28th, uh, I, I founded the, the Family for Change. And, you know, our main focus right now is to help uh, students, teachers, Anyone like who's who's considered a small business, small artists, small entrepreneurs, we're there to help them, right? And so right now we're we're in the midst of uh, you know funding for laptops. Currently, we've already donated five laptops, uh, five working sustainable laptops to uh, students who are learning uh, remotely. Okay. Right. And so uh, the inspiration from that idea came from my baby sister, actually. You know. She received a hundred dollar laptop from CPS. Uh, the webcam wasn't working. The Wi-Fi was not connecting at all. The microphone was, you know, staticky here and there. And I'm like, you know what? I just gave her my laptop. I was like, yo, here, you you need this. And now she's working fine. Her grades are going up. And I'm like, I understand that there's more to this, right? Right. There's more students in this position. That need working sustainable laptops that CPS is failing to provide them. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, let me raise money. And so the <laughs> raising money was a bit hard. 
because I didn't know. Like, I, I was just going to pitch that idea and say, oh, listen, I get money now. Like, no, you need to do something, right? Yeah. And so I just started selling my artwork, my Polaroids. Okay. At $10 a piece. And next thing you know, we received like donations, generous donations. And we've gotten people that bought the artwork. And now we've just donated five laptops. That's awesome. Uh, you know, it's I, I 100% agree with you. Uh, having kids in school myself, CPS did offer me to, you know, give my kids a laptop or an iPad. And thankfully, I'm the type of person that if, you know, my kids need it, you know, I'll figure it out. You know, I, I, I don't, I won't say my kids are spoiled, but definitely I uh, work my ass off and I scrunch up the money somehow one, one way or another to get them the stuff they need so that they can have the tools to be successful. Right. Cause at the end of the day, they, it's up to them to be, to do the hard work, but whether that's, they're using an old laptop or new laptop, it doesn't matter as long as it's working, you know, it'll get the job done as, as long as they put the effort. But I understand that, you know, some of these schools in our neighborhoods don't have even the keep the capacity to fulfill a laptop for every student. And I can exactly. guarantee you that the school banks on the fact that I said, no, uh, I don't need the laptop because my kids have, you know, either a laptop or a desktop or an iPad here. Because imagine these classrooms already have like, what, 30 to 40 students per class. Imagine they said, you know what, nobody there has an iPad, nobody there has a laptop. There's absolutely no way these schools were going to have enough computers to provide for each each individual student. No way. Correct. So, so I when I saw you post that, you know, that's it's a great cause, you know, because yeah, there are individuals out there, you know, who have it really really hard and the and they need that service and these schools are just not giving it to them. And it begs to go like where's our money going, right? Um, where's our tax? Yeah, you where, know. Where's my tax money going? Because I know exactly since being a homeowner, I care. <laughs> you know, right. it's it's so easy to you know be living at you know my mom's or something beforehand, and or just paying rent or, or in general, and not even thinking about the fact that hey, when I buy a house, guess what? I, I have to pay taxes. And um, yeah, I bet it's a lot, huh? Yeah, you know, my, my it's enough to worry. Like it's a struggle because I've had my mortgage payment at a set rate, and then next year, the following year, my taxes went up. And literally my payment jumped up by like a hundred dollars the first time. Second time it jumped up by like two hundred dollars. So, you know, you're basically making it where I can't afford to live here. You know, eventually that's that's what it'll reach. It'll reach a point where like I can no longer afford the taxes because I'm only making a set amount of money. And so my only option is to either sell the house and move elsewhere. So I'm continuing to moving, you know, jumping from place to place regardless. Or, you know, going back to renting. And I'm thinking, well, like, well, if my money was going to a good cause, maybe I wouldn't complain so much, right? But, exactly. Yeah, definitely. The city has the money to fund teachers and students with laptops. The city has funding to provide, you know, like uh, small businesses with a small grant, you know, of a thousand dollars. You know, they they have the money for it, you know. But you know, I, you know, it's the city, right? So, you know, we really can't expect them to do everything for us, and so that's that's where the community comes in, and you know, we just do everything we can to support us. Yeah, for sure. So you said so you raised five laptops. How many laptops are you looking to to um, you know to fulfill so far? Do you have like a short term goal, or you just want to keep going? You know, as, as the money comes in, you know, for these laptops, just keep providing them until you can't anymore. Right. I mean, you know, I'm the 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 laptops will still be funded regardless, right? Uh, the the first idea was to fund just ten laptops, right? And uh, 
uh, I figured that, you know, that, that, that's small. That's small. There's less like 33, 300, like, I think 355,000 students in CPS. And so, you know, at least, you know, just, just like keep on going. Like, let's keep on going with the laptops, right? And so there's other projects too. Laptops for change, barbers for change, artists for change, photographers for change, you know, like, and those projects haven't been released yet. But, you know, you know, it's a, it's a special podcast, you know, let's do a little special announcement. Uh, so, you know, when we receive the money, the, the money will be evenly distributed among those four projects. And, uh, you know, we will do everything we can to, to provide back to the community. Hey, man, we'll just keep going with it, man. I will tell you, like, you know, the hardest part is staying motivated on uh, everything you do in life. Doesn't matter what it is. Uh, the hard part is to stay motivated when you're just beginning. Um, I know you mentioned that that you went to school for like a year, right? Uh, college, maybe for no, just like once, one, one, one quarter actually. One quarter, yeah. And yeah. It's, and it's easy, very easy to just kind of fall off the wagon. We're like, hey, I don't like what I'm doing, or I don't like the way things are going. Um, so big advice. So no big advice from somebody like myself. Just stay focused. And I know you. I know that you're really good at that. That even when you start losing track of what you're doing, your vision, you kind of reel yourself back in, or you surround yourself with, with individuals that help you come back. Right. So stay, stay focused. Uh, keep pushing. If that's the vision you have for your MPO, I like. Hey, keep pushing for it because I'll tell you this much: there's a lot of organizations out here who, you know, they preach this word, but they don't walk the walk. Before we wrap up, I always want to ask, you know, so what are some of the goals you have for this year? So, you know, the, the goal is to, get, well, I'll be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've already completed some goals, uh, such as uh, to get the new Sony a7R4 camera. Uh, so that was supposed to be this year's goal, but I completed that last year. So that, that knocked out, uh, you know, uh, support the community as much as I can. Right. And uh, that, that means, you know, actively being accessible. You know, I'm currently lear- learning like languages such as uh, Spanish, Mandarin, Chinese, sign language. You know, I'm trying to be accessible to many people as I can so I can like listen to, to their stories and uh, try to help them in any way I can. Um, it's uh, and just work with a lot of nonprofits uh, that are about change and uh, hopefully in the in the future when we uh, like have a, a good amount of money to secure a, a good, uh, like, uh, like a studio or whatever, uh, you know, we can bring people in when it's, when COVID is over and we can bring young creatives in young artists saying, Hey, this is a place for you. This is your, your desk. Go ahead and create. So where can, where can people find you? How can they get a hold of you if they want to reach out to you, whether that's to donate, you know, money for, uh, for the, for the computers, for the kids, or, you know, maybe shoot your lead about, Hey, can you come and document this? We're going to be doing this. Like, where can they find you? Yeah, for sure. So if you guys want to find me for uh, any, like, photography services or use one to document uh, an event or, you know, a protest, you can reach me via Instagram, uh, the, at the kid from Pilsen. And, uh, you know, for the nonprofit organization that I have, the Family for Change, if you guys are willing to donate a laptop or willing to donate uh, even a dollar, uh, our Venmo is at the Family for Change. And our Instagram is also at the family for change, you know, so hopefully we have you guys support. And, you know, if you guys can't cool, share the posts. It goes a very, very long way. It just it, I, like I like to tell people this, like I I don't have like I, I understand that you don't have any like like uh, like money laying around, you know, they can spare. Cool. Share the posts. 
Next thing you know, we have a guy that donated $20 and I ask, yo, how'd you hear about us? Like, oh, it's because someone shared your post. And I'm like, now imagine if that simple method was implemented to artists, small businesses, you know, jars, you know, like, um, like anyone, anyone out there who needs the money, yo, share the posts. It's free. Thank you for coming on the show, man. Um, I really Thank appreciate you for having it. me, man. Um, you know, I've known you a little bit since last year, about a year ago when I reached out to you, like, hey, about how do I go? How do I get to that place where you took those photos? Um, right. and, and since then, and since then, I, we kind of just keep in touch here and there. I follow your work. Um, I ran across you a couple of times on the street, and you know, just like say from just like, hey, what's up? But yeah, uh, at the gallery too. Yeah. So um. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, hey, again, big thank you for uh, coming on the show. Proud of you. I hope the community is proud of you and everything you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep staying focused. And, you know, God bless. For sure, man. God bless you, man. Thank you very much.